Welcome to the Caregiver Conversations podcast. My name is Antonia Harbin-Lamb, and I am the Program Manager for Great Lakes Legal Mediation Division. The purpose of this podcast is to provide information and resources for caregivers so that they can be more successful and effective caregivers. This podcast is being sponsored by the PREVENT Initiative. The PREVENT Initiative funds programs focused on elder abuse and neglect prevention. Today, we will be discussing elder mediation and other tips for conflict resolution, especially during this pandemic. So I will actually start with mediation and what that is. Many of you probably have heard of the term mediation. Maybe you have even gone through a mediation session. But for those of you who haven't, Mediation is a private and informal way of settling a dispute, and you don't have to rely on a legal judgment, so a judge or a jury is not involved. Uh, You're sitting before a neutral third party who is going to assist you in coming to a resolution, and that's hopefully because what happens is the parties at the table are able to really participate, give their issues, and come up with their own solutions. The great thing about mediation is, is that if there, the conflict does go beyond mediation where there's needed, there's a need for court intervention, a party or parties are able to still attend a court they're still able to file paperwork to proceed in that way. Now, our organization actually focuses on elder mediation. And elder mediation is very complex. It deals with the older adult's right to protect their right to self-determination. And it involves a conflict where the older adult is involved It could be their family, their caregivers, their care team, or anyone else that might be pertinent to that older adult's life. But this is really when a situation becomes very difficult and communication cannot be done just the normal way. During elder mediation, parties are going to, like I said, come together. They're going to sit, talk, discuss the issues at hand. But elder mediation, like I said, is very complex. And the reason why it's complex is because there are several conflicts usually that are involved. It could be anything from a legal conflict to financial to caregiving issues. Also, there are multiple stakeholders usually. I've seen mediations where there could be up to eight family members involved or other participants like social workers or other family. So it can be very complex at times. And there are also certainly family dynamics that run deep into these mediations. These are situations where their family has had problems throughout the years, and maybe these issues are just coming up now, or maybe they're just rearing their ugly heads again. There can also be a lot of emotional issues during this time. People get very emotionally charged, especially when they're talking about their older loved ones, their mom, their dad. They're seeing that person in a different light 
or maybe their health is declining, or maybe they're having to make decisions that they haven't had to make in the past, and they just may not even know what to do. So a lot of emotions come into this. We're also dealing with capacity issues, and that's usually with the older adult. Like I said, it could be a dementia or some type of situation where uh, health has declined and that person really just needs the assistance of all those involved and capacity could be at play. And we're also dealing with vulnerable adults, those adults who are being scammed and those adults who are It's just so trusting that they have been taken advantage of. So there are so many complex issues, but there are so many advantages to mediation. First of all, it is a confidential process. It's private. So I like to say whatever happens in mediation stays in mediation. And the costs are less expensive certainly than going to court, hiring an attorney, spending time with that attorney, going back and forth. You're going to find that the costs are a lot less expensive if you're going through the mediation process. Actually, typically, you're able to divide those costs amongst all the parties involved. There's usually also a faster resolution than going to court. You're not having to file to get a court hearing and wait for the court dockets to open up. You're actually able to call schedule mediation, and usually that can happen once everybody's schedules can come together. Also, mediation, the parties decide. So the parties have the buy-in. There's not a judge. There's not a jury. There's no one, not even the mediator, is giving their input and telling what should happen in mediation. The parties at the table are the ones who get to make the suggestions and come up with the solutions. And the parties are able to communicate directly with each other. This never happens in court. In fact, sometimes you're not able to even voice your opinion in court. So that's one of the great things about mediation too, is that you're able to talk through all the issues. Everybody gets to participate. And It has been proven to actually help relationships in the long term. I remember one of the mediations that I've experienced where a family was very torn apart. It was a very contested guardianship and conservatorship issue. And there were three members of the family. I believe it was two sisters as well as a brother. They were all trying to meet, trying to figure out who should be the mom's guardian. At that time, they had really no communication between any of them, and it was just very difficult. The mediation started out very difficult. But by the end, they were able to come to a resolution. They were able to come with good, sound solutions so that they could move forward. And we actually heard from them afterwards, and someone called saying that they were actually able to meet for dinner, which they had never been able to do. So these are some of the great advantages of mediation. So just a little bit about the overall process. When you're going to mediation, basically you're going to go through an interview process. You're going to talk to the mediators or their staff about what your issues are. You're going to 
talk about times to meet and who are the other parties that would be involved in that mediation. We're also going to talk to everybody once we have decided upon a date. Everyone comes and they will meet at a table. They will sit. And actually, I should say that meeting at a table was pre-COVID here. So things work a little bit differently now. But basically, parties are coming together. They're able to talk. They're able to bring out their issues. And they're able to discuss resolutions and solutions. Sometimes there's a separate meeting that is needed because the mediation may go long or, you know, there may be an interruption in the schedule. So it just depends on how things go. There may be a need for separate sessions. But by the end of mediation, hopefully the parties have come to a solution and several solutions and those ideas are formalized. They're written up into an agreement. And at the close of the agreement, everyone is signing the agreement about what they have agreed to. And so there is no discrepancy as to any of the things that anyone has agreed to. You could always bring that document up and say, you know, you agree to this on this date. It's a very precise agreement. So that's kind of the overview in mediation. I'll just give a little bit about the mediators. Uh, Mediators are neutral parties. They are not advocates. They do not advocate one way or another. They're not representing anyone specifically. They are just there to guide the process along, to help facilitate a meeting so that it's productive and healthy and that good communication is produced And like I said, hopefully a good solutions are produced at the end as well. Now, mediation in this time of the pandemic, like I said, looks a little different. We're not able to come together and usually, you know, we'd sit down together. We're not able to do that, but we are able to still have mediation. You can participate in a virtual Zoom platform is mostly being used. And it's the same basic process. People are coming together, making those issues known and coming to resolutions. There's also features within the Zoom platform that you're able to take advantage of, which is breakout rooms, so that if participants need to talk together separately from the group, they're able to do that. And any agreements that need to be signed would be signed through DocuSign or some other type of electronic signature platform. So what happens if you don't want to go to mediation and you feel like that's not an option for you at this time, but you still have conflict? You know, we're going through this pandemic, so there's a lot of things that have been coming up, different issues and and problems and really discussions that need to be had. Well, here are a few tips, few practical tips for handling conflict on your own. So first of all, you certainly want to remain calm. You know, if you're getting upset, if you're agitated, it's probably not the best time to have a discussion about anything. So 
to relieve stress or any fear that you may have. You may want to say a prayer or go for a walk or do yoga or something that relaxes you so that you're able to move forward with a productive conversation. Also remember timing. Timing is very important. If you have a big discussion or very serious topic that you want to talk about, you don't want to talk about that in the first thing in the morning. You don't want to wake up with that and you don't want to talk about it right before you go to bed either. That's just not a great time to bring up something like that. But a great time might be over a meal. Maybe you make dinner or a lunch and then have that conversation. Also, you may want to think about setting up shorter meetings. Maybe you can't handle all of the conflict or all of the situation or issues at one time. You should break it up. So consider setting up follow-up meetings or follow-up discussions. Also think logically and reasonably about the issues at hand. Making sure that you have thought through everything making sure that, you know, you have a sound, cogent uh, response and, you know, communication. So you may want to even talk with someone ahead of time to bounce some ideas off of them. You may want to write down some of your ideas and journal about them and make sure that those things have a sound. Um, they they sound correct and they they sound as though you're able to make a great argument or have a great discussion, basically. Also, one of the things to keep in mind is keeping an open mind, making sure that you're respectful while you're talking. And one of the things that we suggest is that you use a talking piece. You could use a pen or a feather or a dog toy or a child's toy, anything really that you could use to make sure your conversation is respectful. What you're going to do is while the person who is speaking has the floor, they're going to hold whatever talking piece that you have agreed upon. Once that person is finished, they'll pass the talking piece on to the next person so that they can comment on what they've heard or bring up other suggestions. That way things stay respectful and everybody gets heard and feels good about the conversation. Also, you want to research and come up with solutions. You don't want to just bring up all the issues. You want to have some good, sound solutions so that you can move forward and make sure that you are handling your conflict and not just sitting in it. So I hope that you have enjoyed and understood a little bit more about mediation and have picked up a few tips that you can use going into your next discussion, whether it's about conflict or just a communication. This is Antonia Harbin-Lamb. Thank you for listening. For more information about our program or our podcast, please call 313-937-8282 or find us on Facebook at Great Lakes Legal Mediation Division. It's where families coming apart come together.